Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening and watching the Italian American Entertainment Podcast. And I'm your host, Vince Shirelli. And today we have the great guitarist and musician Lou Musa with us. And Lou has been credited on many albums and projects as a guitarist, singer, songwriter, and producer, and currently performs and tours as the lead guitarist and backing vocalist for the band The Verve Pipe. So, welcome, Lou. How are you? Vincenzo, come <laughs> stai? Bene. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say today. <laughs> yeah. I, awesome, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. And, yeah, uh, great to be here with you. We've chatted uh, over the years, but I talked, yeah. you know, I was looking it up yesterday. Uh, you were on my old radio show back when I was Rockford College Radio, and that was yeah. seven years ago. That wasn't now. that long. It was it? Oh, my gosh. I, I was know. just remember. I was talking to my wife about today and. And I swear it was only like two years ago. But I know. Was it, it that long ago? Wow. Seven man. years. It was like June or July <laughs> of 2013. I was. It's just like, wow, man, man, I don't know how time goes that fast. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, so how I start this show before we start getting into, you know, what you do as a musician and all that uh, is where you're located now. But uh, because it's about Italian Americans, where do you trace your Italian ancestry? Sure. Well, I'm in uh, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Actually, Granville is where I technically live. It's just a little suburb off of uh, Granville, a uh, real small little town. But, you know, Grand Rapids is what everyone knows uh, in Michigan. It's a major, major city. Sure. So moved out here in uh, 96. Yeah, 96 um, from Rockford, Illinois. Um, as far as the Italian part of it, uh, my father immigrated from Ferentino, Italy, I think it was 58, 1958 or 1959. Because um, Rockford, from what I understand, and it might still be this way, but Rockford is a sister city to yep. Ferentino, Italy. It is. Which, yep. I don't is it the same thing? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah, so all, all my cousins and, like, friend, family friends, they all kind of migrated over to Rockford, which is odd to me, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, he met my mom who was born in Rockford, but her grandparents were uh, uh, born in Sicily. And I want to say it was Zambuca, Sicily, but okay. I might be wrong. My mom will yell at me when she sees this <laughs> if I'm wrong. But And I, I think that's south of uh, Palermo, if I'm not mistaken, in Sicily. So yeah, there's a, so, yeah there's that's a, kind of my... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, there's a lot of uh, Sicilians from Zambuca and Rockford. What's your mom's maiden name? A Pernicharo. Oh, sure. Never knew that about you, but there's, I know some of those. And <laughs> yeah, Charles well, I know they, yeah. yeah, they knew your, you know, my mom uh, knew your, your grandparents very well, actually. Yeah. It's and, uh, crazy. and my grandmother's maiden name uh, was Musso, which is a very popular name, not Musa, but Musso with two right. S's and an O. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's weird how like the world is so small in that way, but it is. Yeah. No. And so I, a lot of people watching this have, uh, you know, seen, uh, seen my shows before and know that I'm from Rockford, but uh, if you've never seen this, so both Lou and I are from Rockford. I'm still living yep. in Rockford, Illinois, and uh, a couple. I had interviewed Lou seven years ago, and uh, I didn't know at the time that your father and my grandfather were close friends. And then a couple years ago, my grandmother pulled out this picture, and you look a lot like your dad. And it was yeah, I've heard my, <laughs> my grandfather and your dad playing the guitar together at like a picnic. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I was like, man, how such a small world. It's very very yeah. crazy how that is. But yeah. that's, that's very cool. <laughs> uh, and I just talked to my grandma about you, of course, the other day, and she still remembers. And, uh, oh, so yeah. It's very cool. But uh, before we get into all that, how did or when did you start performing as uh, in music? 
so um you know growing up with my family it was all about you know because you know all the people from Farentino. it was just everyone lived like in the one block of rockford like i can't remember the name of the block by by saint saint anthony kind of around that area so everyone kind of lived in yeah yeah, montague street down there yep everyone lived in that area so it was that's the only people they kind of knew and hung out together with so every weekend growing up for me was like it's almost like a party every weekend so like everyone would just get come over to my house or to my uncle's house or somewhere and it would just become like a big party jam session kind of thing and um anyway so i my father played accordion and guitar he was self-taught and uh and we had a bunch of cousins and family friends that played as well so they'd get together and jam and uh, my father tried to push the accordion on me um so i messed with that for a little bit and that didn't take i mean i was probably three years old and could barely even like i remember just pinching my fingers in those in those little thing yeah whatever you call that (laughs) those bad things anyway um so he he threw a guitar at me and i started messing with that and basically my childhood was all my cousins that were my age running around playing and me being yelled at to accompany my dad while he's playing accordion he's yelling at me in italian you know do ray you know tell me tell me the changes to these songs (laughs) and i had i could care less and i just there's pictures of me uh you just see my face i'm just like so (laughs) bummed out that all i wanted to do was play and here i had to you know accompany my dad and my uncle and cousins and stuff singing italian folk songs basically and uh so that that was about four or five and then um, I really kind of got into it. And then my uh, mom and dad uh, decided to get me formal lessons. And then I started taking lessons for 11 years. I took them uh, from uh, Gazzardo Music. Sure. I think it was like Charles, Charles Street. I believe. Still there. Um, yep. Is it really? Wow. <laughs> and uh, from a great teacher, Linda Peters, uh, who was a hmm. classical guitarist. And uh, she started me off with the basics and then, started getting into like folk, more folk finger style, and then eventually into classical. And then I took the classical thing and started doing um, more uh, flamenco style uh, playing. So I was really into that. And uh, I mean, that was, you know, most of my childhood was that. And, uh, and then later on in my teens, I started getting more into a rock and you know, electric guitar kind of playing and stuff like that. Sure. No, that's interesting. So when you, because uh, it's kind of a similar story to me, you know, it's, it's sad nowadays. I miss the, uh, uh, I grew up in the 90s. So, I mean, it was a little later uh, than you, but uh, the, the party, the Italian parties every weekend and going over the aunts and uncles' houses, I very well remember that of, you know, the, uh-huh. Uh, of the and I miss that and you know at that oh, age totally totally yeah at that age you know when you're thrown into something like that you kind of don't always like it and I don't know if you grew up the same oh, way it sucked it sucked <laughs> when I was a kid I yeah. thought it was the worst thing ever yeah. I just wanted to hang out with my buddies and stuff and friends and right. and then no I had to go over to my cousin's house and sit around and there's you know a ton of like wine and food and <laughs> And I mean, we always made it fun, but it was the last thing in my mind I wanted to do, you know, as a kid, but you know, now looking back on it, it's like, man, I know there are not a lot of my, not a lot of my friends had that childhood experience, which is, you know, it's a shame because I look back on it, man, it was like really fond memories. 
no, I of don't. that time, you know? Yeah, it was, it's interesting because, yeah, I, I didn't want to be singing Che La Luna and all the standard songs <laughs> all night long into the middle of the night in 1998. Sure. It's like, oh, there's yeah. different music out here <laughs> right now. But, yeah, you know, yeah. now I, now I wish I would have paid closer attention to, you know, my grandfather and the other old timers that were teaching me that stuff. But what are you going to do? You know, I was, I was, I was thinking of like, I, I had to find the record because I, because we were going to talk and I was like, who is, there was a constant record that was always being played, Italian accordion player. Uh, um, that my dad just was fixated on and it was just constantly being played like a virtuoso, like accordion okay. player. And Maybe. I found the record. It was Gigi oh. Stoke. I don't oh. know if you ever heard of him. No, I never heard of him. Oh my gosh. I mean, this is, we're talking, I think, uh, it was maybe from the sixties, seventies at least, but, uh, I think he maybe lived until late nineties, but incredible. Oh. You can find his stuff on YouTube and just yeah, incredible, like <laughs> accordion player, but it was just constantly being played, you know, obviously then the traditional like right. folk Italian songs were, uh, being played too as well and live because right. <laughs> they're trying to sing them and oh, remember yeah. the words yeah, and all exactly. that stuff and making up a lot of words but <laughs> there's always but, some guy playing a guitar that's out of tune for some reason yeah, they were always oh, playing totally. the italian guys it's like why is there always a guitar that's out of tune even when i went yeah. to sicily and was playing with them out there it was like uh, your strings out of tune and then they yeah. like you said with the it's ray played do ray and it's like uh yeah. we don't uh, yeah, we don't do that over second. here let, yeah, yeah yeah let me figure out what the, what's the numbers yeah. of that you know yeah, exactly. but, <laughs> but uh, uh yeah yeah so i had I, my dad's old guitar and accordion and stuff like that from oh, when you know cool. he passed and, and but yeah the guitar was it's like you can't even play it it's <laughs> no, so yeah. hard i mean no wonder it's so odd it's like <laughs> yeah, right. this thing is like a piece of garbage <laughs> yeah, <man>. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so you know growing up with it i'm sure your dad of course, was a big influence on you and uh, yeah. in your life. But did you, even though you're not out there playing Italian music right now, uh, yeah. was there an Italian American musician that you kind of looked up to or kind of influenced you a little bit when you were young? Um, man, that's that's a. I mean, obviously, everything that I grew up, you know, that was played in the house, I think had an influence on me with whether it be classical or even this, the Gigi Stoke thing. So I think it influenced me in a way, as far as like anyone in particular, uh, probably not I any mean, Frank Zappa, All right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there you go. but you know, <laughs> you know, but I don't think of it as like an Italian, kinda, right. you know, uh, vibe there, but, um, yeah, nothing, you know, a guitar player, I'm just going to tell you that the normal guitar player influences, you know, for me, it was, you know, on the classical guitar part of it or flamingo style was Segovia. Sure. Um, you know, obviously everyone's going to name him. Um, and then when I started getting into electric guitar, um, you know, it was, you know, the greats, you know, Jimi Hendrix and, you know, Eddie Van Halen, of course. And when I was, you know, my teenage years, it was Randy Rhodes and, right. you know, all those guys. And, so, you know, now when I look back on really what influenced me is um, not only like a musician, but as a songwriter, I go back to like, it's more like the Beatles and, you know, that kind of thing that really, it's still to this day influences everything I write and everything yeah. I kind of, how I play, I, look, I refer to that melodic kind of mm -hmm. structure of those, you know, pop, pop bands of the time. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, they were so groundbreaking that, yeah, I think everyone looks at them as a, as a main influence in their, you know, musical lives. Yeah, no, it's, but. I was a late bloomer with the, the Beatles for 
a long time, I couldn't stand it. And uh, until I was maybe about 17, did I actually like wake up and I was like, oh man, this is <laughs> some great stuff. And now, you know, Sirius XM has the Beatles channel. That's nonstop yeah. on play for me. It's just, uh, so yeah, they, it's, uh, you know, growing up, I was heavily, my grandfather's CD was the only thing that was ever played, his music, and oh, it was yeah. just yeah. on repeat and Lou Monty and all that stuff, so it's like, <laughs> all that stuff is the same, you know, chord progressions and the songs yeah. all sound the same, so, you know, right. when, for to me, as a young kid, it was like, oh, the Beatles, this is, I'm not going to listen to this, this is not what I, <laughs> this is not what I know, but now it's just like, yeah, it's crazy how things change over the years, but. Yeah, you know, the only thing outside of, like, you know, the, the ta- traditional Italian music that was always played in my house or classical music, there was hardly ever any like rock music. Actually, my family was kind of against it. Um, and then, but every once in a while you'd get the Beatles thing in there or they would hear, um, they had like the old, uh, I don't know, the old kind of radio that you could pick up some Italian stations every once in a while. And, mm. you know, you hear some like modern, like Italian rock kind of thing, which is right. typically awful yeah, no. <laughs> uh, in the eighties and stuff. But, uh, uh, you know, there, so there was really no like rock and roll and, you know, it, it had a kind of a, a bad element. I think my, my parents thought, and, uh, and, you know, when you become a teenager, then you kind of start doing your own thing. Right. And, you yeah. know, hanging out with your buddies that have, <laughs> hey, here's the new Queen cassette or right. something like that, or ACDC cassette, you know, and like, whoa, right. what's that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> then so, you're sneaking, sneaking uh, albums, you know, and trying yeah. to buy albums. <laughs> so, you know, I first found out about you from my guitarist, Frank Calvania. And, uh, Frank, oh, yeah. Yeah. So you guys have a, a strong connection to each other. And I, I know yeah, you, man. you, you it, taught, it, uh, you taught guitar, right, at his place? Yep. Yeah. So yeah. just jamming. So yeah, Frank, um, man, I was, I was just a baby. (laughs) So I I had just, you know, uh, I had just turned 16. So I just got my license driving. Um, and I was looking for a gig and my first, my first, uh, I was playing actually by that time too. I was already gigging with a cover band. So I was, you know, wasn't even able to drive yet. I'm playing in Chicago and stuff like that. And oh. it, it cra- I mean, crazy, it, you yeah. know, and then that my family would let me do that, but whatever it is, what it, is. <laughs> it was a great experience, but I had to find, you know, that was, that was just a weekend thing. And, um, and, uh, I had to really find a, a, a job to make some extra money to get the things I wanted, the records I want, stuff like that. Um, so my uncle Pio got me a job at, uh, Pridem, Pridem Liquors, liquor pride em liquor it was off of alpine and uh harrison i think it was that mm. it was a grocery store and there was a liquor store there and um my cousins worked there and stuff and he got me in and i it lasted about a month i couldn't deal with like stocking like the beer fridge and you know it was just you know 16 years old right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway so i the band i was in um at the time uh it's called roller um, mm-hmm. Rockford people will probably remember that band. Um, and uh, so I was playing with them and the drummer we had at the time was teaching at just jamming. And mm-hmm. I was like, Hey man, you got to get me in to start teaching at, at just jamming. So he, he introduced me to Frank. This would have been probably maybe 86, 87, I think. I mean, just oh, wow. jamming. I think he just had opened up the store maybe a year or two before this. Um, and I was familiar with the music store, real small, like mm-hmm. one room kind of thing. And then there was a studio behind it. I can't remember the name of yeah, the studio, like a recording studio yeah, behind it. Was. But 
Um, so he had, uh, I, you know, met him real nice guy. And, uh, um, then he, he, so he set me up with lessons. They'd get my students. And it's funny. A lot of the students I have are still playing that I had at the time are still like playing and gigging and That's it's like cool. incredible. But, uh, so the, the, um, the lesson room though, because the, the store wasn't big enough and didn't have another room in it was like like across the street in some like old like mechanics garage office it was weird oh, really? <laughs> so anyway I, I so i did that for man i probably taught there three four years i think oh, wow. until they they ended up closing um then i, I was doing that i made the mistake of taking on the students i had it's like yeah I'll, i was so young and eager i'll drive to your house and oh, yeah. uh give you your half hour hour lesson you just you know pay me five extra dollars and right. you know, for gas money Oh, it was, it just didn't work because, you know, you're used to like doing a half hour lesson back to back and now I've got to drive and I wasn't thinking like, okay, well, it's only, it's going to take me 20 minutes to get to this person's house or 20 minutes. Of, and, oh, right. It was a mess. So I did that for a few, <laughs> few years. I did and, that uh, too. I, <laughs> oh, I couldn't stand it. Yeah. I, yeah, I did yeah. it for two years teaching them at people's houses and uh, that didn't last for more than two years and I was over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have some interesting stories about that that yeah. just were really uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Me too. But yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So that's how I met Frank and, you know, I've obviously I've kept in touch with him over yeah. the years and, um, glad he's still doing well and I'm glad he's playing with you, man. I've heard, you know, I've heard a lot of the live stuff you've done and yeah, man, you guys are sound great. It's tight. <laughs> well, thanks. We try. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing, but we try. <laughs> oh yeah. Whatever. <laughs> our, our practice is on the stage. We never, we, we get up on stage and we say, this is our practice. So, but, uh, yeah, no, we have a fun time. Frank's a great guy, but so yeah, what was the progression of, teaching at Just Jammin', playing in Rockford, Chicago area. And then yeah. when did you decide, okay, you know, Rockford or Northern Illinois is not going to cut it for the music business and, you know, kind of go off on your own? And then how did, where did that leave, lead you? Yeah, so um, after that band that I was in, the Roller Band, um, I left that to try, I was getting really into like jazz and, getting into more writing, um, like instrumental kind of stuff. And I wasn't sure which direction I wanted to go. And, um, so I had a, you know, a few years of, you know, I was kind of in lingo there as far as like a direction. And then I started to really get back into, um, recording and I started building a studio, uh, where I could record my own stuff. And this was still back in the analog days, right before digital uh, started really coming out. So I had like a, you know, a 16 track reel to reel and I was building a, you know, a little studio for myself and I was recording demos. And uh, one of my friends that I used to play in a band with um, just started playing um, with this other guy and he introduced me to him and uh, his name was Mike Dollar. Um, he worked at Gazzardo Music. And, uh, he, uh, was a singer and drummer and, and was looking for other musicians. And anyway, we started working together and, uh, for a few years and recording, uh, like really major demos. And, and we, and the problem was we couldn't find, it was kind of a, a mix of, of rock and prog rock. So it was, it was fun to play. I think it was probably the wrong time, right. <laughs> you know, if it, maybe it was like, late eighties, it would have been right, great, right. but you know, but we were into it, you know? And, um, so we were really pursuing that and, uh, we couldn't find musicians that, um, could play the stuff in Rockford or were willing to kind of, 
do the original thing because back then, and it might still be that way out in, in you know that part of the Midwest is you couldn't really there was no places to play where you can just be an original band. Right. It was you had to be if you wanted originals, you had to be a cover band, be able to play three sets, and then you throw in your original songs that no one wanted to hear anyway. Right. So that was the only way you'd get to play your own stuff. So we didn't want to do that. So we wanted to just focus on original, um, doing original sets and shows. So we couldn't find shows. We couldn't find musicians that are willing to do that basically because you're not getting paid either. So it's for free. Mm-hmm. So he had, he was originally from, uh, Flushing, Michigan, which is kind of out by Detroit area. And he had a, a childhood friend that was a really great drummer that, um, wanted to play with us. But then we had the issue. He wasn't going to move to Rockford to, you know, play no gigs. You know, right. There was no, nowhere to play. So um, Mike's wife at the time uh, had a job opportunity to teach in Grand Rapids at the major university. She was a teacher. And um, they were considering moving out to out this way. And he just asked me, hey, would you be willing to follow us out there? My buddy, who plays drums, is willing to move out that way, too, because it's not that far from where he originally is from. And, you know, I was young, had nothing else going on. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. <laughs> you know, thinking back, I'm like, what was I thinking? I had a good <laughs> job. I was working at Bergner's Distribution Center. I was like, oh, man, I was making great money and, oh, wow. you know, having fun playing. And I was like, you know, I need to play music. And uh, anyway, so I moved out here. I, I, I want to say it was, it was 96 for sure. It was 96. Early, beginning of 96, I moved out here. And, uh, you know, we kept doing our thing. Uh, it was called the light in between was the ended up being the name of the band. And we did our record. We recorded it at smart studio up in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, where, uh, Nirvana recorded and, right. you know, smashing pumps and recorded and garbage. Obviously that was uh, producer, Butch Vig. Mm-hmm. Um, so we re- did that record it turned out great. We started playing all around Michigan. Um, and then, you know, just like, Typical things with bands, you know, you get people that aren't into it anymore and they decide to find something else and, you know, just fumble. So it basically that kind of fizzled out. So I was working at a music store out here in uh, Grand Rapids, uh, like a sales manager kind of thing and, and teaching as well. Um, and, you know, I just start you start getting to know the locals and, you know, Verpipe was from Grand Rapids or some of the guys were from Grand Rapids. So I became friends with all of them and Brian. Mm-hmm. I worked on some of his solo stuff. And so you get in that loop. Um, and then I was playing with other bands and I had my, uh, another band I was in um, that I started. It's called the Rocket King. And we were really doing really well out here. And then it turned out that Verpipe needed a guitar player to play in Hawaii Honolulu. Um, and I knew Brian and I knew a few of the other guys and, um, and I was like, yeah, I can do it. And so my first gig was playing, uh, at the Navy base in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, the guy from the all state commercial, <laughs> was the MC it was oh, a huge really? like I didn't know what there's what so you know and I was familiar with Verpipe because when I moved out here they were just they had right. you know a big hit so I was familiar with that song and a few other songs that they were playing around here and um but I didn't really know the catalog um and then you know was, hey you want to play with us do you know these songs I'm like yeah I know them and then quickly like finding cds and finding stuff like i gotta learn this i gotta learn that (laughs) and then you know three basically had three weeks to learn 20 
was it 23 or 24 songs we played we had to play two hours um headline this show and uh, you know so i had there's a picture somewhere online but i had like my cheat sheets which i'd write like with marker for every song you know mm-hmm. and still to this day i do that <laughs> i throw them on the floor <laughs> yeah, so i had I them all too. like with that that insert you know so they won't get ruined <laughs> and uh so i had them taped on the stage right in my little box area and I remember the harmonica player <laughs> Griff was like, took a picture of him. He's like, man, by the time we're in the middle of the set, those are going to be all over the place. I had them taped down and everything. Cause it, you know, I'm going to be standing up. You were to be standing on them. And uh, anyway, we played the show and it was great. And the guys came up after, you know, after the gig and said, Hey man, you want to do this? Like, you know, full time. I'm like, yeah, man, let's, I was, okay, sure. I guess that's I did cool. a good job. And and then that's kind of, you know, where it started. And, and by, at that time, you know, Verpipe was just only doing, you know, shows here and there. Um, they weren't signed anymore to RCA. Um, but they were doing uh, these kids records. And um, there was just at least talk about doing a kids record. And I was like, I, I didn't understand what they were talking about, but I was like, yeah, I, I was just jumping in. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and uh, so we did these kids record, the first kids record. And um, it just blew up the band. It, it was incredible. Like we were just mm-hmm. touring all over the place and it just rejuvenated the whole thing. And then we did a follow-up to that you know, top 10 of kids records on iTunes for those years. And it was incredible. We were playing these amazing festivals, amazing gigs all over the wow. place, you know, being treated like rock star, you know, like all that stuff. <laughs> and then uh, after that, after the momentum of the kids records, we um, decided to get back to doing rock records. So that's kind of where we at. Since that time, we've put out uh, three or four uh, rock records, um, yeah, four and one live record. We did a, a live version of Villains. Um, it's called Villains uh, Acoustic and Live. And that was basically uh, a remake of the hit record Villains mm-hmm. from 90, 96, 97 um, and doing it with new kind of arrangements and instrumentation and stuff like that. So we recorded that. That's, that's probably been about four years ago now. And right now we're working on a new uh, a new record that we've been kind of recording the last we started recording middle of last year and we just started getting back in the studio this week to start uh tracking some more tunes and you know the one cool thing about uh being in this band is everyone gets you know gets to have kind of say in the direction of the the songs like you know they let me write songs and i get to write my own parts their songs and so it's cool to be able to write a song and you know it comes together and that's cool. You know, and you get you get some royalty here and there, and <laughs> yeah. not, it's not much, believe me. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> but you, you know, but it's it's kind of cool, you know. Yeah. But yeah, no, so that's, that's you know that's how it kind of ended up for me out out this way. And that's a cool story. So you, yeah. so you've been with Verve Pipe. What is it? Almost twenty years then? Since the 90s? no no no. So ninety oh. six, I moved out in ninety six. I didn't start with them until uh, it would have been. 2008 i believe oh, okay okay so we're talking 11 years now 12 maybe coming cool. on 12 so uh um yeah i wish i was there in the, where <laughs> the they, when they hit was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's cool so but still uh you know following you <clears throat> you've played it looks like you know all over 
at least the country, but you've you've been overseas, yeah, right? Europe with them? And stuff yeah, like that's that. cool. Yep, yeah. So I yeah, mean, we, uh, we we did the USO tours. Um, so after the Hawaii tour, right after that, we did you know uh, some uh, Midwest tours in um, in the states, and then we got asked to do a USO tour of Sicily, Spain, and Italy, and we did that uh, twice. You know, within like a two two year uh, span, and that was awesome because there was, was one time they actually we played uh, the naval base in Naples. Um, the second time we played there, uh, usually it was around the Fourth of July um, for us for the July uh, celebrations, and so they would have these huge festival concerts for a whole week in these naval bases in Europe, and um, you know, so they have concerts and entertainment and uh, for the troops and stuff like that. So the one time, the second time we played Naples was um, like the 3rd of July. And we had a day off July 4th, um, which obviously they don't celebrate that out there, but right. the Naval base, um, they celebrated there. So we played on the third and then we were off on the fourth and cause Naples is close to Ferentino, like mm-hmm. maybe an hour and a half from, uh, Ferentino, my cousins who still live there, you know, I told them, Hey, I was going to be out there and they were like, Oh, great. <laughs> Um, they picked me up and I was able to spend the whole day with, with all my cousins and my aunt. That's cool. Um, yeah. And that would have been, I think that was, uh, 2000. 13 maybe 2014 maybe 2013 and uh so that was really cool i mean that honestly that's that was a great time but it was sadly it's the last time i've been out there you know and i saw a family out there so um, yeah it's it's, been nice to get back out it's been 11 years for me so yeah i I gotta go back out but do you discover um when i was out there 11 years ago i thought this was so (laughs) strange but uh, i was mostly in sicily but my cousins out there were like 10 years late to discovering like nineties music. I don't know if that happens with you with the verb pipe, but like they had just discovered the spin doctors and they were like huge into the spin doctors. <laughs> I was like, it's 2009. The spin doctors were like quite a few years ago and yeah. like, and the Weezer and spin doctors and all that. And of course, Weezer's still big, but it was just like, why yeah. are you guys just getting into this now? But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you run into that where like the verb pipe yeah. is just now getting discovered in these European countries, but it's strange to me. Um, yeah. I mean, like I, it's funny the spin doctors, we've been doing a bunch of gigs <laughs> with, the, with those guys, at least last year we were, um, but, uh, it, it's, uh, they are, are they are familiar with uh, the you know the hit songs you know colorful right. and right, freshman right. never never let you down and stuff like that, um, but it, it's one of those things that they they're so more appreciative of music, but their taste in music I don't know, <laughs> uh, it's like what are you guys listening to? It's like when last time I was out there it was just it was a constant like. Uh, I didn't even know the style of music, like disco-y kind of music. Yeah. That's all you kind of heard on popular radio yeah. um, out there. And it was, it was odd, but then you, they'd be really appreciative of, you know, like the virtuoso kind of musician still, like it was still mm. like almost like 1980, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. late 80s. They were still into the, you know, scorpions <laughs> and like weird. <laughs> yeah, it is strange. I, I thought it was strange when I was over there too. I mean, they... Yeah. Uh, they had that like 
Italian gangster rap, and it's just so strange. Yeah, like that that's whole, what it was. That's yeah, it's it was, just like yep. this doesn't seem right, but okay, <laughs> you guys do whatever you want. But uh, do you, uh, you know, we we don't tour like you guys do, of course. But uh, you know, when oh, Frank we're not right now, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> we're not doing anything right yeah. Now. But uh, like when Frank, Tony, and I, and we we get to at least do mini tours, and we go around the states to these Italian festivals. Um, I don't know how you could do it, you know, the, at the capacity you guys were doing or have been doing it because, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't at the touring life in my experience is not very glamorous. Um, and it's a lot of when people ask, uh, and Frank, <laughs> if Frank's watching this, sorry, but Frank gets so upset about the hurry up and wait stuff. Because <laughs> That's it, the model, man. It's, That's it's exactly the whole it. <laughs> thing. And people don't realize that. And it's just like, oh, you got to be here at 10 a.m. for like a radio interview. And then, the, but the festival's yep. not till eight o'clock at night. And it's just like, well, what are we going to do all day? And it's you, you sit there. And uh, yep. sometimes we venture out. Do you guys go out and like venture out and yep. try to explore that, the cities? That's, that's our main thing. So you're, you're exactly right. It's, you know, it's what, regardless, even if it's a fly date, it's, it, right. you would think the fly dates would be easier. And if anything, they're hot, they're harder because you're waiting even more. I mean, the advantage of a fly date is that you at least get to wait maybe in the airport on a layover and you can walk around and shop and stuff versus, right. you know, a 13, 14 hour, you know, sprinter uh, vehicle with, you know, seven people driving to Nashville or, right. you know, to play a gig. Um, so we, it's definitely the hurry up and wait. It's always been that way. Even before like doing like big tour, it's always been that way, but (laughs) it's when we do like a tour, which we were supposed to do, you know, in May of this year, which got postponed to next year, uh, uh, it will be our next major tour. And that's all like East coast and Florida and stuff like that. What we do, we try to, or management tries to, to book it and space it out. So we have some time off, and uh, we do have time to kind of, you know, explore the cities and do things. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will always take advantage of that when we're out there, especially, you know, well, we're, you know, New York's not really that far from where we're at. So everyone in the band is in, in Michigan. A, uh, a couple guys live in Lansing area, which is an hour from where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we'll meet at a park and ride, load up the Sprinter van, um, cause a lot of those gigs, when we have to drive, we're, we're not, they're not backline. So we take our, our rig, right. our gear, I should say. Um, and then we'll play, you know, the, whatever Lincoln park, whatever we're playing out, out that way. Um, but it's, you know, it's still like a 12 hour drive. So we try to, well, early on when I first started <laughs> in the van, we'd play, we would drive the 12 or 14 hours and then get out load, you know, do sound check right away sit around for three four hours and then play and talk about being just exhausted you know even though you're just sitting there in in a a vehicle but sitting there that long and then having to play with energy for an hour and a half to two hours it's tough man and then what they would do is a book a gig that we had to drive another eight hours the next day so we we get to the hotel at midnight let's say have to wake up at seven to do a lobby call, you know, and then mm-hmm. drive eight hours and do the same thing. So now we've kind of gotten to the point where we'll split it up. We'll do, you know, maybe if it's, you know, a 14 hour drive, we'll do seven. We'll stay somewhere for that night, 
do the next seven the next day, then play the gig. Or if we get all the way to our destination, we won't play that night. We'll wait till the next day. So then we can, you know, chill out, relax and, you know, yeah. go to the hotel gym and do whatever we got to do and, you know, try to get our blood flowing again <laughs> sitting in that cement yeah, mixer. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a crazy life. So I, you know, I'm sure you do it way more than I do, but, uh, you know, I'm sure it's rewarding, but it's also exhausting at the, at the same time. So you love it yeah. and hate it. You know, it's, it's half the time. The, the, yeah. The, the best part is, you know, the performance part of it, yeah. you know, and, and then usually after the show is usually pretty fun for us. Cause uh, if we don't have to like get to bed really fast, we'll hang out and hang out yeah. with fans and, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And we really try to make the best of it. And it is great. It's just, it's that hurry up and wait to get to where you're going and then wait. That's yeah. it's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> no, it is. And <laughs> last year, Frank and I pulled off some pretty, I don't know why we did it this way, but like we flew the morning of to Denver played, went to sleep. We had to play again, got up, played, and only had an hour to get to the airport, rushed after we played to the airport to get back home. And then we had another gig the day after out here in the oh, Rockford man. area. And it's just like, man, it's fun, but it's just like, we were just in Denver and now we're back in Rockford and it's just, everything yeah. gets all confusing, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a crazy life. But uh, do, you've played all over, but does anything stick out to you as like one or two favorite, like even cities to play in or venues, specific venues? Do you have like something after all these years that really sticks out? Like that's just memorable venue or a festival or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like most meaningful, I guess, shows that we've done have been were those USO tours. Cause you know, you're kind of doing it for the troops and, right. and it was really cool to, you know, that's their enjoyment and to kind of give back in that small way, you know, that, so that, like is really touching to me. So I really look on those memories. Um, I mean, it's just really fondly on those moments. Um, like favorite shows like that are just so much, so, there's so much energy and vibe in them are that when we do our area here, we play more to the local crowd. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, we're playing the huge, you know, state, like we did uh, uh, this, I'm probably wrong with how many years ago this was, but I'm going to say five years ago, we did a show at the stadium here at Van Ando with cheap trick, you know? So, you know, cheap trick, obviously Rockford, oh, yeah. and, you know, yeah. Rick. And so I was hanging out with him telling him, you know, Hey man, I'm from Rockford. I had a girlfriend that used to <laughs> like babysit your kid, you know, like that kind of thing. He's like, he's just looking at me like, from, why were you from Rock? Why are you from Rockford? And they had giving me a hard time. Like, Hey, I don't live in Rockford anymore. You still right. do. <laughs> but no, you know, so like those shows for like, you have the hometown kind of fans and they're just right. like over the top sold out. You know, it's like, those are the energy that the room gives off um, to play for, you know, hour and a half, two hours. It's just amazing. And you, you know, you can't, when you get done with those kind of shows, you can't, even though there might be in our, in your own town and yeah, I get to drive home and be home by, you know, you know, 1130 uh, and get to see my own bed. Yeah, and then you can't sleep, you know, just because you have that adrenaline rush and, right. you know, and that ringing in your ears. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, yeah, those are, go ahead. No, you, you know, people ask me sometimes and, you know, what I find in, in you know, my experience is sometimes it's not even the big festivals that seem rewarding because sometimes, even though there's a lot of people, they're not paying attention or, you know, they're walking around and, you know, they listen to a song and then they go to the next stage or whatever. But it's sometimes it's even the more intimate 200 people 
And even if you're not making, you know, a crap ton of money at the show, they actually pay attention. <laughs> and to me, yeah. sometimes that's the more rewarding thing when they're like actually listening to how you play and paying mm-hmm. attention. They're sitting for the hour and a half and it's like they really yeah. enjoy it. Um, to me, that's, you know, the more rewarding thing out of all of it. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, we've been doing a lot of these, um, these sit down rooms. That's kind of like the, the latest thing in the last five, six years, these city wineries. Right. Yeah. Um, we we're actually, we have a show coming up in November still actually it's, it's confirmed. So we're still doing them, a uh, city, a city winery in Chicago. Um, but it's limited capacity, obviously. Right. So we're doing two shows. It's like November. I wrote them down. Um, yeah, November 21st and 22nd, City Winery in Chicago. Cool. And it's a, a Saturday, Sunday. And to make it work financially for us, because it's a limited amount of people that they'll let in there, we're doing two shows. Um, so we're doing like a, a midday show and then a night show on those uh, those days. Uh, but it, like we've been doing a ton of these sit down listening room mm-hmm. kind of uh, shows. And there, you know, there are maybe two to 400 people in them. And, you know, they're usually serving like some kind of dinner it's part of the whole thing and the city winery usually there's they have the special wine that has our picture on it (laughs) (laughs) as a verb pipe even though it's just a site that you put a sticker on right right. (laughs) anyway it's special thing so but it is cool to play those because it's um we get to do obviously we still have to play kind of the hit songs that everyone knows, but we get to play um, more obscure stuff um, that no one knows or what we were doing uh, last year is kind of doing feature spotlights of all the people in the band. And we get to do our own original tune by ourselves, which is a little nerve wracking. (laughs) And when you're playing, you know, everyone wants to hear the freshman right Right, away. No, uh, hold on. You got to hear my song first. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, um, those have been really cool. And uh, it's, you get a really good, cool reaction from people after that too, because you get to talk to them and, Mm -hmm. And they, and we'll do like kind of a story thing um, about the songs and give like a little snippet of what was going on in the writer's mind when we when they wrote that song and That's cool. you know so you get kind of more of that personal kind of connection so those have been really cool uh, for us and we've been yeah I think it's probably been four or five years since we've really been doing a lot of those and the city winery we do all the city wineries across the nation. So, uh, yeah, those are, you know, those are really cool, uh, venues, the city wineries. They've really, yeah. you know, in the past few years, um, really getting a lot of attention and that listening room experience is cool. Um, yeah, I've seen some yeah. shows there and it's cool, but, uh, just, uh, before we go, we got a couple more questions for you. Uh, sure. going back to the Italian American thing. So I know you're not, uh, you know, playing Italian American music, which is totally fine. That's not what this is all about. But uh, I did have, <laughs> I did do one. Like it's on. Uh, I posted it on uh, online on my website. Oh really? It's Facebook and stuff. <laughs> but uh, the I when I'm in town, I have a church gig that I play every week, and uh, there was a series um, that it was for Mother's Day. And, uh, oh, do we were doing Mama? dedications. <laughs> yeah, we were doing, well, we were doing dedications to our, our mom. So I did a whole dedication. Oh, cool. Um, I, I, I can't remember the song I did now that you said mama. It wasn't mama. Oh, but no. <laughs> anyway, it's online. I did, I did it in oh, Italian. Cool. Um, 
and to, that, yeah, so I'll that, have to attach it to, it to my mom. Oh, that's yeah, cool. it's uh, it's it's I think I want to say it's on my it's either on my website or I'm sure it's on Facebook too, but cool. uh, yeah, so I, I did it and I flubbed a couple of the words here and there, but you know, <laughs> no, you're playing no one knows, yeah, <laughs> hundreds of people and online. I'm like, oh no, I can't get this wrong for my mom, I it's gotta be right, but yeah. uh, so I, I you know, it was fun to do that, and there, there's been times where I've, I've had to do like they've done like Italian medleys where I bust out a mandolin and I'm oh, not cool. a, like a great mandolin player, but I can figure out stuff and had to do a whole medley, a 15 minute medley on mandolin, like solo, <laughs> which wow. was years ago. But so every once in a while I get a chance to bring out my roots, I guess. <laughs> That's cool. So when you look, um, you know, because you're, I, you're hundred percent Italian, right? Both sides. So, I mean, yep. when, when you look at, uh, the country and, uh, you know, there's, Frank Sinatra, all that's, you know, 50 years mm-hmm. past. Do you have a good, what's your hope, I guess, for the future of Italian American entertainment in particular? Um, well, I, I, you know, I think what you're doing is like amazing because you're, you're, you're sticking to a tradition that you don't hear anymore, you know, with those classic songs. And I know you're doing modern stuff too and stuff yeah. you've written, correct? <laughs> yeah. And you, so you're kind of, you're, you're bringing back, kind of my history and you know my cousin's histories and stuff like that you know and you're bringing it to a modern ear which you don't hear anymore so I think you know artists like yourself I think is really you know it's a it's a great thing that you're doing that you really are bringing back our history with those songs and keeping it you know fresh at least where people can you know remember their childhood or if they didn't have that in childhood appreciate it Right. You know, for for what it was at the time. And, you know, I think that that's very cool. And, um, you know, it, it's it's easy to get lost in what's going on in today's world. And, you know, and not and it's, it's easy to brush off, you know, history from from people. And, you know, music obviously is something that can take people back to a time in their lives, the good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think like what you're doing is, is amazing. So I'm hoping well, that more artists like yourselves and who knows, maybe one day, <laughs> you know, I'm working on a solo record myself. It's not going to be Italian, but you know, I have all those songs still. I've got like real, yeah. real tapes and, <laughs> instead of my dad playing all these songs with probably wrong words, but, <laughs> um, uh, but you know, I, ha- I remember all those songs, you know, I, I remember the melodies of them and, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe one day I'll, you know, dive back into <laughs> doing something or maybe just a little tribute EP or something like that. Yeah, that'd be music. cool. It, yeah, no, yeah, it, it'd be fun. you know, there's, uh, it, it's interesting, you know, when I did not start doing Italian music, I mean, I started 16 years old also playing Mary's Place and Kryptonite Bar here in Rockford and doing, oh, know, Kryptonite, <laughs> I played there. <laughs> yeah, doing, uh, you know, pop rock stuff it was i was big into all that and it was all originals and uh no one wants to hear your originals and so i got frustrated and then you know my grandfather started getting ill and then it was you know met frank and we discovered early on that we did it for a couple years and we got the big festival gigs we were playing milwaukee fest and all that and it was just like yeah but people don't want to just hear the um papa you know the traditional yeah so so let's mix it up and i think that's kind of what's cool about what uh especially the way frank plays you know as you know yeah, I mean, oh yeah. to really yep. mix it up and it's it's italian but it's it's new italian in our eyes of yep. what we see and i think that's the way it's got to go with other people not just us but uh, to you know take 
what we grew up on and, you know, use it as 10% of the music. And so the foundation's there, but kind of mix it up a little bit. So yeah, yeah. I hope, I Thank hope you. people like my son and, you know, in 20 years when he's old enough and all that, he can uh, keep doing this. So. Oh, for sure, man. And yeah, you're yeah. keeping it alive, man. And that, that's, that's a cool thing. Very cool. Well, thanks. And so, uh, before we go, what, uh, what's next for you? I know we're still in COVID times, but, uh, what's yeah. next for you and what's next for the Verve, <laughs> the Verve pipe and the band in general, and how can people find out about what you're doing and all that good stuff? Yeah. So you can obviously go to my website, which is, uh, you can look under loumusa.com or loujmusa. So L O U J M U S A.com. That's my website. Okay. So the links to all the social media thing. And, uh, I, verb pipe wise, I wrote down the dates. Um, we don't have much, <laughs> obviously it all got canceled, but right. what we do have still, um, uh, for that is confirmed October 10th. Uh, that's next Saturday. We're playing, we're doing a live stream concert for the Ark in Ann Arbor. Oh yeah. Real, real famous, uh, club out there. They obviously yeah. are not open, but they are doing live streaming concerts and we're actually filming it here in Grand Rapids, you know, like five camera shoot kind of thing. Uh, at the listening room is what it's called in yeah. Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're doing that there and there, I believe it's, you probably find more information on the Ark's website on how to get download that or, or, you know, watch it, I guess. And then the week after that, we're, we have a fly date, (laughs) another (laughs) fly date. Uh, but anyway, October 17th at the Orpheum theater in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, wow. I guess they're not shut down there, so I guess we're playing. <laughs> uh, don't believe me, I'm wearing my mask. I was going to say, you're going to wear like a, a hazmat suit on the yeah. airplane oh, and all yeah. that. You, you better believe it. Like we had a, a gig, uh, it was a, a trio of us had a gig in Washington. It was about a month ago. And I, oh yeah, I had the goggles and that. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mess around. <laughs> but uh, then, <laughs> and then after that, um, November 21st, 22nd, City Winery which I mentioned before we're doing that. And yeah. right now we have some other tentative shows, uh, but nothing confirmed yet. So like hit or miss and, you know, our tour that we're supposed to be doing that was canceled for this uh, spring and summer got moved three times and it, now it's moved to uh, May of next year. So we'll hold our breath and, or maybe not hold our breath <laughs> uh, and, you know, may, see if it happens, you know, obviously we'll keep everyone up to date um cool. as it as we go get through this i guess yeah it's tough i was doing promoting too here in rockford i don't know if i told you about that but i was putting on yeah. shows and and starting yep. a little theater and all that so uh one of these days when all that comes back we'll have to get the homeboy back in <laughs> back in rockford with the work yeah. pipe i don't have you guys even yeah have, or have i'll you played come him? on i'll jam i'll jam that, with you guys hey man. that'd be that'd be great that'd be fun <laughs> you and frank back at it like the old days yeah <laughs> man. Be... <laughs> yeah we played uh verb pipe played uh what was the festival out there um oh, they don't have it anymore yeah, waterfront. Yeah, waterfront. That, that that's a big. Yeah. yeah, we did that. Like, that was early on when I first joined. So that probably was like two, two. I think it was the last year they did waterfront. Oh, we were probably. That was. Yeah, I played the last one. It was two thousand ten, I think. Ten or eleven. Yeah, I was think the that's last when one. It was something and we like got that. to. I got to play. I was like, finally, I'm going to play waterfront, and it was the last one. And I was like, all right, well, at least at least <laughs> yeah. I got to play once. <laughs> but, yep, yep, yep. but uh, all right, well, I appreciate you coming on here. It's great talking to, of course. Uh, 
Italian American, but especially one from Rockford and, uh, you know, <laughs> especially with the family connection, I'll see if I can edit the picture of my grandfather and your dad on this video oh, somehow. That'd uh, be awesome. That'd man. be kind of cool. Kind of pop it up there for a second when we talked about it earlier, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, it's still crazy to me how small the world is, but, uh, yeah, sure is. Man. Yeah. And but, it was great. It's been great to talk to you, Vince. It really has. Well, thanks. Yeah. And hopefully we can meet in person one day. <laughs> only yeah, been that'd over. be great. Or jam. We'll yeah. Jam. That, that'll be fun. But uh, once again, thanks. I'll tag you on all this, website links and Sounds all that. Good, and yeah. uh, hopefully we'll talk soon in the future. So once again, everybody, Lou Musa, check him out online in the Verve Pipe. So, all right. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. All right. <laughs>